welcome to episode 173 of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Mark Kamer, and joining me tonight is Andy Piddy. Good evening, Andy. Good evening. And an extra special guest back again in the... Uh, well, we haven't had a guest on for a while, uh, but he's one of our favourites. One half of the lap save... Uh, lap save? Last save loaded. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I'm turning into column. Uh, one half of the last save loaded podcast, it is Justin Smith. Hello. I was I was feeling right at home. You butchered your own intro as much as Colin does. <laughs> He's a bad influence on me, man. So um, I'm recovering from COVID. Justin might have COVID, and <laughs> Andy. Uh, hopefully not. And Andy's not feeling well either. So we're all a bit rough. So um, I will do my best. Edit out any coughs and sniffs and splutters. But if I miss any, then. Um, apologies to your ears. Anyway, um, how are you doing? Um, how are you, how are you feeling, Andy? Me. Apart no. from the sniffles. Sniffles, not too bad, but then this morning nursery called. Cat sent Francis oh, in because um, the bubbles burst in preschool. So I was like, ugh, she can't go until next Friday. Oh, no. And, uh, luckily, the youngest one can go, oh, they can go in fully, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just, Quite enjoy myself, actually. Uh, and how are you then, Justin? Well, yeah, I'm. I, I've I've been feeling fine until I started developing a bit of a cough, and mm-hmm. it it was mainly from um, appearing after talking. So I was talking to my my other half um, at the weekend, and she started saying, "You've uh, a bit of a cough there," and I was like, "No, I don't. I'm fine." As I was then coughing, and mm. an hour after, like we finished chatting, I was fine, like no cough at all. So I thought nothing of it. Monday was most of the, mostly the same, and then I woke up this morning, and yeah, it was back. Um, did a bit of a tap on the old COVID app, and it said, "Hey, book a test, isolate for nine mm. days." Mm. Which, luckily, I just <laughs> yeah, brought my to be safe and sorry. <laughs> I just bought my entire workstation home from the office last night, so I, mm. <laughs> I was set up. So I called uh, called my HR assistant and said, "Yep, uh, I've been told to to isolate, so mm. I'll see you in two weeks." And the <laughs> test centre yeah. here was was a drive through one, so it said you can turn up in half an hour. So I did. Oh, wow. that's good. Nice. I. I, I, I talked to uh talked to my partner and she she works in a pharmacy. She has to have a sort of test at home kit twice a week because she's frontline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she had her first of the two jabs at the moment. We've got to wait like another ten weeks for the next one. But it's ridiculous. I mm. I sneeze a lot due to um a problem that suffers uh, suffered by men as they get older. I, I, I'm beginning to notice my my nasal cavities are getting a bit hairier. <laughs> <laughs> you need and to get so, a trimmer, mate. Well, I, I believe that might be on its way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you, you drive. I I I didn't know what to expect driving into the test centre, and you know, Mark, you've I'm sure you you went through it all, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's big signs up, no photography, no filming, and um, mm. keep your windows down at all times, and yeah. apart from when yeah. they're going to chuck something in your passenger seat and whatever. Mm. And yeah, read the instructions. I said, no, I can do it myself. 
Right, put the swab on your tonsils, no problem, got that. Okay, it made me feel a little bit like I was going to throw up, but I didn't. Mm. And then put it up your nose and rotate it for 10 seconds. Until it's oh. touching your brain. <laughs> until it, until you feel resistance. <laughs> yeah. So it turns I, out it's quite a long way. <laughs> you're supposed to put it about an inch in, it says. But, yeah, um, it's not pleasant. No, I, uh, I, I, I hadn't even begun to, to turn the let's call it a cotton bud, you know, the swab. And I was immediately sneezing. So, <laughs> so, I, so you I, had I, to hand a, a snot-covered swab back? No, no, I pulled it out of my nose and sneezed everywhere, like all over my arms, and <laughs> tried to like, you know, protect myself. And then I thought, okay, right, calm down, I'll have another go. Managed to five seconds before I, I, I had a sneezing fit again. And like you say, it feels like you're kind of scratching your brain. Mm-hmm. And I, the woman that was nearby sort of came over and said, are you having some problems? I was like, yeah, I keep bloody sneezing. <laughs> By this point, my eye, my, my right eye, because I'm trying to use the right nostril, my right eye is streaming from just attempting to hold the sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> but she said, well, do you think you've done it enough? I was like, well, I haven't done it 10 seconds, so No. Mm. I'll have another go, and I, I think I managed like nine and a half before I had to rip it back out again. Yeah. And that was when I was like, "I'm not doing this anymore. That's it." Oh yeah, I've had one. It's I've had enough. It's, it's truly unpleasant, isn't yeah. it? Like you've got to stick it so far up your nose, and it just feels so horrible. Well, yeah, I had yeah. a, I've had a nasaloscopy a couple of years ago, so i you know, I've, I've had the whole like camera up your nose so that they could have a look down my throat because I, I had a problem about three years ago where it felt like I, for a, three four months I, I had something I couldn't swallow down and it eventually went whatever it was but they uh, they had a stuck a camera in there said no you're fine you know no mm. swellings or anything because these days we don't want to just just leave things and think they'll get better we we start being a bit more um, worried about our fatalities Mm. Mortality, that's probably the right word. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah other than that, I'm, mm. I'm just uh, feel like uh, I've got a bit of a croaky voice and I'm mm. trying my best to. Can you still taste and it. smell? Yes. All right, okay. Yeah. Uh, you might be all right then, because that's usually the first thing to go is like the sense of taste and smell. Well, that's the last like thing I to go, but my wife. It. Oh, really? Okay. It's one of the last things to go. I mean,. She did. It was basically like on day eight of her isolation, but she lost her taste of smell within about two hours of having it. She lost it, but she lost it for. Like I two first weeks. noticed it when, like, I thought I just had a cold at first. Yeah, and then it was like I, I drank a lem sip, and I was like, "Hmm, this doesn't taste like garbage." something's not right I've got one of those on the side that'll be my test next week Um, it's it's like it's been absolute absolute gold trying to find uh, over the Christmas period before obviously before I had to isolate trying to find like um, blackcurrant lemsip I can only find the lemon stuff and it just tastes so bad (laughs) like why can they not taste it make it taste like actual lemon um, yeah, it's awful. It's awful. See, on the other way, I, I've, I've tried the black currant and I, I just find <clears> that horrible. Uh, well, fair enough. I, I like the black currant stuff. Did you uh, um, try to do the smell test and taste test? Because I kept giving my wife whiskey. Can you smell the whiskey? And if she couldn't smell it because she hates whiskey, she just never came mm. back. It was only when she started smelling the whiskey that 
you get better. She she never came yeah. back on account of her passing out from alcohol fumes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you smell this chloroform? <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we're all a bit rough. Um your what's the next episode? The next episode of last save loaded is, is gonna be a TV episode, right? Or what uh, you've been watching? Yes, yeah, it'd be me me hosting episode three seven nine on Thursday, yeah. Okay, well um I was going to take the opportunity to talk a little bit about what me and Andy have been watching. We're just going to steal your format for the evening, if that's all right. Um, <laughs> Carry on. Just, just talk a little bit about, about that, and then we can chat a little bit about games. Um, but uh, if you, you can, you can save what you've been watching until uh, last save loaded, if you want. But uh, Andy, have you been watching anything interesting recently? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, something really, really good. Um, okay. So, uh, stars. Uh, part of Amazon Prime, they had a special offer. Oh, one of those like extra channels that you can buy on Prime. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. About 99p for three months. And oh, they wow. had Castle Rock on it, and I've been meaning to watch Castle Rock. Castle Rock is the series based on the Stephen King multiverse. Um, that's taken okay. parts of Stephen King, setting around Maine. And set in the first season set around Shawshank Prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want to spoil it too much, but I think I like Stephen King. I've read a couple of his books, but I'm, if you were a Stephen King nut, I think with so many Easter eggs and everything around it, that um, mm. you would love it. The story is interesting. Um, a bit of um, I can't really. I'm not going to spoil it too much, but. It's a bit of you know Stephen Kingisms, is it? You know, it's a bit weird, a bit strange. People dying left, right. It's not out and out horror, but mm-hmm. um, it's good. It's good. I'm on. Me and my wife got into it. I was like, "Are you watching this?" She goes, "Yeah, it looks good." And I'm like, "It's Stephen King. It's horror. You don't really like science fiction." Mm-hmm. So she got into it. She says one of the episodes was a bit strange. Um, with the mother, but um, yeah, it's good. You know, there's two seasons of it, so I'm going to watch that. But I have to say, the highlight surprised me was uh, is um, on Stars Doom Patrol. Yeah, um, I've had several people recommend that, like saying that it's one of the only good pieces of like DC visual media. Yeah. Um, that I haven't seen that. I've watched all of uh, Swamp Thing, which is on regular Prime. Oh yeah, yeah, and is really, really good. It's sitting at like something ninety-two or ninety-three percent or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. When, yeah, and when I first saw it, I was like, "That's crazy!" And then I started watching it, and I thought, <clears throat> I thought it was going to be awful because there's never been a good Swamp Thing film adaptation um, of. Uh, I don't think even tried on TV. Um, a film adaptation of a um, Alan Moore yeah. comic book. <clears throat> now, I understand like the HBO Watchmen TV show is supposed to be very good, but that's kind of not really an adaptation. It's like based on Watchmen, yeah. and it's a bit different. But um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, the Swamp Thing is fantastic. It's quite an unpleasant watch in places. As there's, there's like. David Cronenberg levels of body horror in a few places, right. but it's genuinely really good. And for some reason, DC put it out on their like, um, I don't, uh, what film studio owns right. DC? Is it well, Warner prob- Brothers? Right. <clears throat> yeah, but they is- had their own streaming service, yeah. and they put out the first episode of um, 
Swamp Thing and then cancelled the series after one episode. Cut the series down from 13 episodes that they'd already filmed to just 10, which I don't understand why, because it's not like you're putting it out on TV. It's on your own streaming platform, which is nuts. Um, And then just canned it after they put out one episode. But it's really good. But um, yeah, sorry, uh, Doom Patrol, I've heard nothing but good things about. Well, yeah, uh, I was just like one of those things like, oh, Doom Patrol, it's DC... Looks like it's, got, it's got quite good reviews. I watched the trailer. I thought, oh, the trailer looks really interesting. And mm. then I've, it's got two seasons with it so far. It's been renewed for a third. There's about 25 mm. episodes, I think it is, all in all, um, so okay. far. And the first season, there were about episode seven. And it is brilliant. Right. It's an 18, so you get a lot of sex, you get a lot of swearing. But the yeah. characters are brilliant. You know, you can't really have like a prestige TV which is rated below eighteen, really, can you? No. There's sort of like an expected level of adult maturity and violence and stuff like that yeah. in, pre- in prestige TV these days. So yeah, yeah, it's it's it is funny. Um, mm. It's got the best saving or stopping the apocalypse um, episodes I've seen ever. Mm. <laughs> really funny. I, and the characters as well. I mean, it does a lot of flashbacks in them, so it's fully out them out. But the yeah, characters are really in depth. Um, they're not mm-hmm. like your normal superheroes of DC who've got really no problems. They do have yeah. a lot of issues and reluctant superheroes as such. Um, you've got a narrator. Um, what's it called? Off um, Firefly. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion? Fillion? No, not Nathan Fillion. It's another Alan one. Tudyk? Alan Tudyk. It's yeah, Alan Tudyk. The um, oh, I love Alan Tudyk. So he's the main villain in it, Mister Nobody. Okay. And, he, <laughs> and then now and then he'll narrate things. And he's the narrator. Mm. And it breaks a fourth wall, a bit like Deadpool. Um, yeah. It is really good. I can't okay. it, highly, highly recommend it. If stars ever do like a, if I do this thing where. We do these offers quite regularly, every six months or so. It's worth. Well, is that ninety nine p one still running? I think it ran out beginning of, towards the beginning of a month. Ah, uh, bugger! All right, I'll I'll keep an eye out then. As I'm not going to sign up to yet another streaming service, but yeah. I will pay ninety nine p for a trial and then just bash out that yeah and whatever else is on there that I fancy and then cancel it. it for three months. Yeah. It is brilliant. I was, mm. The main thing was to get Castle Rock. Um, yeah. I will finish Castle Rock, and then, um, mm. but Doom Patrol is the highlight of this. Um, I've not really read that much Stephen King, um, and I don't even know whether he's really writing books at the, the moment, to be honest. But I have been enjoying his second life as a celebrated weird Twitter account, <laughs> which is... It can be incredibly entertaining. Uh, it's like pure, unadulterated, no filter, no editor Stephen King. Um, <laughs> and so he shouts a lot at people. <laughs> and he swears a lot. And he really didn't like Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> and made sure everybody knew. Uh, yeah, it's quite entertaining. Yeah. Um, anything else you've been watching? No, I'm just, I was just going to say that when you were talking about Swamp Thing, all I could think of was the cartoon from the 80s and 90s where mm. they, uh, they they sang Wild Thing but replaced the words as the theme That's tune. Swamp Thing, yeah. Brilliant. Genius. <laughs> um, 
No, I'd, I'd highly recommend if you've got uh, an Amazon Prime subscription. I'd highly recommend watching Swamp Thing. It's uh, it's very good. It's just uh, it's it's yeah. If you find like body horror unpleasant, then you might be made a bit uncomfortable by a few scenes in it. But it's um, yeah, it's well worth the watch, especially if you ever enjoyed the Swamp Thing comics. It's pretty good. What's the um, like the 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 service that's coming to Disney Plus in the UK? They're bringing something new there. It's called Disney Star. It's got um, it's quite good actually. It's it's got the it's like the adult ones, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, finally! Do you know we were looking around Disney Plus um, a few weeks ago just to see because I know it's like the family friendly subscription service, but like the most adult thing they have on there literally is the Mandalorian. Yeah, and that's a fifteen, I think, maybe, uh, or twelve plus, or something like that. Yeah, it's not exactly gory. Um, But like Disney own Fox, and you think of like all those properties that they have on like all the all the, the all the great films that have been put out on fox that they can't show on disney plus because they're not teen or below yeah so yeah, yeah i mean they own all of the alien films and, and stuff like that so yeah good. i don't think it's they're not all coming out what i remember there's a diehard because some sort of one of the okay. diehard films or two of them coming out on it there's mm-hmm. the 24 series all of them were going out mm. with it. Meh. Um, I can't yeah. remember what else. Lost, I think, is coming out with it. Oh, great. So. If I, you haven't watched Lost, don't. No, I don't <laughs> want to watch it. Um, <laughs> you can spend seven series just to go, oh, so it really didn't make any sense then. Yeah. Oh, God, that ending made me so angry. Oh, um, yeah. But I think we'll build, um, we'll build up on it. Hmm. Um, what have I been watching recently? Uh, a lot of rubbish. A lot of a lot of films that I've seen, uh, but my other half hadn't seen. Some good, most of which were bad. Uh, I think the last two we watched were Bronson, which is oh uh, yeah, Tom, um, Tom Hardy. I think it was Nicholas. Uh, yeah, I think it's Nicholas Winding Refn's first English language film, and like it's it's really good. It's it's not. I mean, it's very much style over substance. It doesn't say anything. Um, I feel like that was probably the breakout film for Tom Hardy because up until that point, I think the biggest thing he'd done was like Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah, and off the back of that, it was just like you know blockbuster after blockbuster, and he like became a massive actor. Um, but yeah, Bronson's actually it's good. It's it's entertaining. Um, don't go to it looking for a a deep message or a um, an explanation of the sort of person that that Bronson is um but it's it's worth a watch uh, I'm, I'm, I'm then, looking at this this star um what's coming in and there are there, there might be one or two that you might be interested in Mark I mean there's Desperate okay. Housewives no um, <laughs> How I Met Your Mother no the one that no. made, made me raise my eyebrows Prison Break um The X-Files mm, okay oh now 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 we're talking um and the Cardassians coming on the other I can't remember. Uh, if they are, it's not. Um, it's not listed. Let's here. hope not. But, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the other film we watched at the weekend was uh, I'd seen it before. The other half hadn't seen it. The live-action remake of Ghost in the Shell, which I started has started watching that. Then 
bailed out about half an hour. Yeah, it's got some like uh, some of bits of it are incredibly like visually stunning like shots it's an incredibly expensive looking film but it's really really confused because instead of just telling the story from ghost in the shell it's like most of the story from ghost in the shell but they also try and weave in bits from ghost in the shell 2 and some stuff from ghost in the shell standalone complex and it just ends up being a really confused muddled mess do you um, not find though that when they when they try and do something like that they go well we need to we need to pick a vision because we can't mm-hmm. literally put on film exactly what one of these other stories is. So we'll have to do like an interpretation. And then that means maybe bringing stuff in that was from the outside of, of the main target um, demographic. And they, I mean, they, they could have they just told the story from the original Ghost in the Shell and that would have that would been fine. It's a, it's a complete story. I don't know why they needed to weave other bits in, but but on the whole, I, I don't. I, I went into that knowing, like, thinking it was going to be absolute garbage, and it wasn't quite as garbage as I thought it would be. But it's still pretty bad because, on the whole, I think live action remakes of anime films are awful. But that being said, I am kind of uh, intrigued about the live action remake of Akira, um, but only because it's being directed by Taika Waititi, who. I don't think he's done a bad film yet. No, whether he gets well, round to it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I did, I, I did like Jojo Rabbit, but that's a personal thing. But yeah, yeah. I thought that was very funny. Um, I, I, I really like his films. But um, aside from that, and uh, catching up with, um, I'm near. My other half never seen Vikings, so we, and, and I wanted to watch like the last couple of seasons that i would missed so we started that again from the beginning i'm nearly up to the point where i'd stopped watching um that show is really enjoyable um so when, when i finished that i was going to watch uh the last kingdom which is the bbc show yeah and it's kind of set around the same sort of time yeah. but in england um uh, so I'm looking forward to watching that uh, and the only other thing i've really been watching and i've been watching a lot of them um most people are probably not going to care about this, but you know, you and me, Andy, share a uh, a love for the documentaries of Ken Burns. Oh yeah, like the sort of documentaries about different aspects of Americana. Yeah. Have you ever watched any of Rich Hall's documentaries for BBC Four? I guess I've got. I think I've got something recorded of his on Sky, the Skybox. Something yeah, exploring the Indian way of life or something. I can't remember. Oh, inventing the Indian. Yeah, something like that. I That's the last one I watched. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd seen a bunch of them before, but I hadn't seen them for a few years. So yeah, Rich Hall, the very very funny American comedian who I think he lives in London and has done for quite a long time now. He's you see him on like QI and stuff like that all the time. Is very easy funny to guy. identify. He tends to always be wearing a very American looking. Um, shirt and possibly cowboy hat as well yeah yes yeah and he's got quite a gravelly voice yeah, and um uh, a very weathered face <laughs> but he's a very funny man but he's also incredibly intelligent um yeah. and knows a lot about uh american history um more than most americans would i imagine um and yeah, uh, uh, most of the documentaries he's done for BBC Four are just on YouTube because the BBC don't seem to care about uh-huh. like cop, you know, you know, going after people who upload the stuff that they, I guess, don't see as being profitable or whatever. So there'd be loads of their BBC doc, BBC Four documentaries are up there, and 
haven't been taken down. Um, but there's a bunch of them that I highly recommend. He did one on um, called The Dirty South, which is about the sort of um, juxtaposition of what the South is actually like compared with the, the depictions of it in cinema um, in America. Um, I watched one the other day, which I hadn't seen before, called Working for the American Dream, which is about the sort of the weird obsession with the American, uh, the weird obsession Americans have with work ethic. And um, that one's really interesting. Um, there's the, yeah, Inventing the Indian, which is like looking at how Native Americans were, have been depicted in Hollywood um, over the years and how it's like, it's pretty terrible to be honest yeah. and he's accompanied through that by like a by a young a native american guy who adds a lot of perspective and that's really good um there's a presidential grudge match which is like the history of american presidents and why anyone would ever want to be president um <laughs> california stars which is about like the history of california um you can go to hell i'm going to texas which is the history of texas there's, there's loads of them if you just type in rich hall documentary right. on into youtube it'll bring up loads he's done way more than i than i thought he had um and they're all really really good because he's he's very clever and, and um very entertaining and uh, yeah if, if like you and me we've got a bit of a bit of a soft spot for documentaries about yeah. americana then they're well worth watching how does it cool. come across like if you were to compare it to I don't know someone from fifteen years ago it might be like the Billy Connolly stuff when he did the world tour of somewhere, so he he'd go around and um, <clears throat> do um, no because doc- that was more like a... stuff and then occasionally then, yeah. then there'd be bits of his stand up like intermixed with it. No, there's no stand up in there, and it's not like a travelogue. Yeah, it's a straight up documentary like a history of things like he did one which was like a history of like the cold war from the perspective of the americans hmm. um with a little bit of like russian a uh, little bit of stuff from the russian perspective thrown in as well but mainly from the americans because that's his like you know that's his wheelhouse um there's no stand-up stuff in it he's funny in them um and it's, it's not like a travelogue sort of show uh, it's they're just straight up documentaries. They're mainly a, mainly about aspects of history as shown through the lens of American culture. You know, mainly Hollywood and um, literature and and TV and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're really good, really good. Highly recommend them if you're interested in that sort of stuff. Mm, cool. um, yeah, that's about all I've been watching. Um, should we talk about video games? You're, you're, you're welcome. You're you're the host. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to talk about video games? I do like I do like to ask. I don't want to impose it on anyone. Um, Justin. Yes. Uh, you haven't. Yeah. You, you, what have you been playing recently? <laughs> As you haven't been on for a while. I recently I've taken to playing, if you can call it that, things on the PlayStation which require not that much effort. Um, mm-hmm. There's a game that came on I feel that. A, a, a while ago called City Skylines. Oh, what a game! <laughs> and okay, uh, I I have something like eighty thousand people in my city, mm-hmm. and then I thought, Are you playing it on sandbox mode? Or are you playing like with the, with all the rules in place? With, I'm playing rules and restrictions and everything. I'm playing like. Just start the game, you know, with with nothing, and and off you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I must have ha- editing the podcast like a week ago, and 
I just had it idling in the background because obviously it takes so you know it, for anyone that doesn't know it's basically SimCity but works. I watched a, <laughs> there was a brilliant little like parody video on um, on YouTube and it's it's got like this guy pre- being the manifestation of SimCity and this guy being the manifestation of City Skylines and he's going oh, okay so we need to build this road let's work together and build this road and he goes right well we can't we can't run it through here because you've got your police station there and you know the guy representing City Skylines is like yeah well why don't you just move it it's like no no we'll, we'll have to go round it. And then he's going, yeah, but why don't, why don't you just relocate it? Because that's an option. No, no, not in my game, it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, um, okay, well, you're going to have to build it up there. No, no, just just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's like, why, can't you just trace how long you want it to be? No. Well, how does the traffic work in your city? It doesn't. They just go round in a square, round and round and round. And, yeah, it's... It's a it's a massive step up from your old SimCity or even SimCity two thousand, and I've been known to just kind of sit there and zombify myself, just kind of going, okay, I've got to do stuff, and and then I started thinking, it's probably not that hard. It might take a lot of hours to do it, but it's probably not that hard to get the platinum in it after I after I'd done that in Surviving Mars, which was also mm. a game that took a long time. And I, I can't remember yeah. if they're the same people, but it's Paradox. It might might be. Anyway. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, I can probably do that. And then I realised, no, because you have to do some things which are going to basically kill your city. So one one trophy you have to go is, like, you have to survive a year with the industry tax being 5% higher than all your residential tax. Well, you do that, and either you make no money, or all your industry leaves, which isn't a bad thing because you also have to have one for go like a year or two with no pollution. Mm-hmm. And the the only way you're going to get no pollution is by getting rid of all the industry because it's it's all polluting. And <laughs> and I I thought I'm going to lose all the money from losing all my industry because now the commerce is going to go down because it's got no goods to buy and then sell. Mm. And I'm watching my... I, I waited till like I had a million and a half in the bank before I did this. And I put it on fast mode, and I'm just watching it. And my money's going up and up and up <laughs> as all these buildings are abandoning the town. It's like, I don't know that this is the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> I'm supposed to see this plummet and like ruin my city. But the, mm. there, are, there are things like um, you, you have to get... 15% happiness from your city and because you, you have to to get the platinum you have to unlock every building and you only unlock some buildings by doing horrible things like have the crime rate over 50% and <laughs> let all the garbage pile up and then people leave and people get sick and die yeah and so I'm, I'm letting all this industry go and of course buildings are being abandoned and you have to then delete the delete the building, but if you leave the leave it zoned as industry, all that happens is someone else builds in it straight away. And I'm like, no, I'm mm. trying to I'm trying to unzone it, and I I've I've lost a few hours to it because <laughs> you, you come up with a brilliant idea of okay, I bought a new map, a new section of the map and uh, the world map to to expand into, and I'll I'll make this lovely little grid system, and I'll I'll have this that and there. Now I need to build some roads to it. 
Mm. Okay, I'll, I'll build a road off the highway. Right. But I also need to build a road on the other side, on a ramp, and build it round and connect up the ramps. And then it goes, terrain's the wrong angle or something, and some of the con- like just horrible constructions I've done to get get roads to go into my city. It's abysmal. And then you get little pop-ups going, oh no, there's a fire in the train station. Yeah, that's fine. I've got loads of fire stations. But the funniest one was the fire station burnt down. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> and it's, cause it, they have literally one job. Saying, saying the fire station is burnt down. Are you sure you have adequate fire cover? <laughs> they must have been out on another job and got stuck in the traffic and couldn't get back to the fire station yeah (laughs) yeah some of the the controls um, for a sim like city building game on a on a pad um, are pretty good I've got to say pretty good like bang above like uh, way above the average like a lot of those sort of games on con- on a console play really badly on a controller yeah. um but it, it they're, they're pretty good i still think it kind of sucks that you can't plug in a keyboard on mouse on a console that supports keyboard on mouse yeah. um if i can play call of duty modern warfare or heaven forbid fortnite um, on a console with a keyboard and mouse, why can I not play this Sim City, uh, you know, this city building game with a keyboard and mouse? Um, but that aside, um, the controls are really good, which means, but it does mean that sometimes doing some of those fiddly things like trying to build the more intricate road systems can can get a little bit fiddly. But it's the when you're trying to do straight roads and everything is fine because it snaps together really nicely. But doing curved sections can sometimes be a bit of bit of a faff. Yeah. Um, my problem with that game, and this is really bad because I work in planning policy, so this is literally my job, um, <laughs> is I am terrible at zoning. Really bad <laughs> at zoning. Um, so I end up with too much like densely packed high-density um, like high residential areas. Yeah. And then you'll just get like... I don't know, 10 by 10 uh, block grid of just high-rise buildings and the road network can't cope with it and it just seems like absolute hell to live there <laughs> and everybody's really upset and unhappy. Um, so I'm really, really bad at that. Just subway systems in. You know, they won't care after that. I, yeah, I do, but it, I, I still somehow manage to... to it's, it's more to do with that. I just... Uh, it's not so much that I'm putting in too much of the high-rise, uh, yeah. the high-density residential. It's just that I, I don't get the surface streets right to be able to service them. <laughs> uh, see, um, see, I've started... Um, after I built my first kind of residential area, and I thought, ah, okay, I've got a few people coming into the city now. I bought a second island... I put toll booths coming in off the off the the freeway because I thought you know mm-hmm. yeah, I'll get some money coming in. I'll only have one entry and one exit and both through a toll road, but I'll make it the best island I've got. And I mm-hmm. put in like triple lane roads everywhere, yeah. which which you would have thought that's a good idea. Lots of traffic can get in there. Yeah, it, it it's not a good idea when they all want to be in the left turn lane mm-hmm. <laughs> because they just back up halfway down the motorway. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it's it's kind of you. You never think, but because you think like, oh, just go with the grid system. 
like yeah. just a straightforward grid system, crisscrossing roads and everything, and, and intersections. Um, but it actually it makes zoning a little bit more fiddly. But it makes sense to actually put roundabouts in. I know they're you know they don't really exist in American cities, but it really does seem to help putting roundabouts in. Yeah, the roundabouts are, are quite large. The the like the, yes, the ones they, that's they the give you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel very right doing it. And yeah, no, if, you can't. If you've put got any level of OCD, in. like you say, it, it's very much grid lines and and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I've now realised because it doesn't tell you the benefit of putting um, high com- uh, like high residential versus low residential. So to begin no. with, you only have low residential. You've got to get so many people in the city before yeah. it unlocks high residential. And then your head is starting to tell you, well, that's fine. The difference is one of them is a bungalow, one of them is a tower block. I'm going to get more people in the tower block. I'm just going to flood the city with tower blocks now. Well, I guess what you're supposed to do, like if you were building a city organically, how it would how it would have, you know, have built over time in real life, is you build, you start building your um, low res, low density residential buildings and your commercial and your industrial stuff where you try and keep your industrial stuff away from it and that's going to end up being your city center so as it expands you build low residential housing on the outskirts which will be your your suburbs and you demolish the low uh, low density residential buildings in the uh, zones in the center of the city and replace them with high density ones and that becomes your more densely populated city center the stuff I always found a little bit complicated with that is is how to get the right sort of commercial buildings in a particular area. Like, I, you don't I, want I your don't want really city center. Sorry, I just leave it all on generic. I've, yeah, I've but got like, one ideally, you, you're going to want like your uh, your city center to be like high rise, like, you know, skyscrapers, your financial sector, and stuff like that, rather than just strip malls. Well, the the uh, I've only Could got one specialised commercial centre because <laughs> yeah. I, I, once I started unlocking the unique buildings, I've gone and stuck the sports centre and the like the the, the mega sports centre, like the foot the football <clears throat> stadium. I've stuck them all on <laughs> on the edge of one of the cities, and then yeah. put commercial buildings for tourism next to it, so they're giving hotels yeah. and whatever for that, and then an airport and whatnot. And yeah, yeah. But the what what I didn't realise is the industry needs uneducated people from the low <laughs> residential area so once everyone you start, needs ditch diggers yes so once you start getting them all in education and you find the average education goes up your industry plummets because now no one's taking jobs in factories mm-hmm. because they're too clever for that yeah <laughs> uh, and and the game it, it, as as great as it is it doesn't have enough systems to really cope with that because you think that then then you could encourage low-skilled workers to come in from outside of the city yeah but i don't think it has the no it, facilities it, to be able to do that it just says like not enough workers yeah. nearby and even so then, so you even to, putting... then you have to demolish a, sm- a few schools and artificially create <laughs> poor neighborhoods uh, which is just messed up what well the, and there's a there's a trophy or an achievement for um for having so like 300 kids or what a percentage of kids in elementary school mm-hmm. and the problem is as your city develops people start living longer so you're not having kids in the school so what you have to start doing is burning down or selling off your elder care centers to let the old people die off 
(laughs) (laughs) which forces kids into the city yeah and and if you were to you know if you're the sort of person that was a bit maniacal you'd you'd actually really enjoy it just going i am godzilla i trash your city Hmm. and i guess that's why in in sim city they actually had those features you know to have the tornadoes and things rip it apart yeah yeah i mean yeah city skylines doesn't have any of that stuff and unless it doesn't like the dlc um because i know there's a fair few dlc packs for it which i've never looked into um, but yeah, it, it's better than SimCity ever was, but it's still missing a few features that I'd like to be able to do. Like one of the problem, that problem, like you, you'd be able to solve by maybe building, uh, being able to build like retirement communities and things like that. But it's just not in the game, so you can't. So you have to come up with other ways to um, to solve the issue, which you end up becoming a bit of a bastard, really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess you do in any of these these like city building games like Tropico th- that series turns every time I play it I turn into I end up turning into an absolute monster. <laughs> well, like, you're called El Presidente. <laughs> I know, but I always start with good intentions, and I'm like, I'm just going to make the population are going to love me so much because I'm doing such a good job that they'll just re-elect me. But then I start getting the opinion polls coming in, and then. All of a sudden, I've got the secret police out, and I'm arresting my political opponents and cracking down on on protests and stuff like that. It turns me into an absolute monster. Um, I, I really and- enjoyed Tropico Five, but I had to stop playing through the campaign when it gets to the point where you basically have to build a time machine. And there's yeah. there's one option is the hilarious build a car, and then there's build a it's something like build a, a, a factory that they can jump off the roof and fall through a time tunnel or something like that. But yeah. if I if I build those things, I've lost the rest of the infrastructure, and then, like you say, your population turns against you, and they start lining mm. up with your family. And it, yeah, it I mean, eventually, in all those games, it just starts making you have to do really silly things, and I'd rather it would just was like, ob you know still have it tinged with humor and whatnot, but still have it as just like a straight sort of city builder, yeah. governmental system, you know, without the time travel nonsense and thing and weird gimmicks like that that they chuck in. I do like um, the, the hilarious side of it where it, I think it does it in six. I'm not sure about five, but it allows you to basically steal world wonders and then put them in yeah. your city. Yeah, that stuff's kind of fun. But, um, yeah. That series is good. That's um, that is by the same developer who do um, who did Surviving Mars. They're a yeah. Bulgarian developer. I can't remember the name. Um, yeah, yes. Um, City Skylines is 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 fantastic. I've put in a, an inordinate amount of time uh, wow. on. I uh, bought it on PlayStation, and then it was on Game Pass. So I played a bunch of it on Xbox as well. I will probably end up playing it again when I built my PC because I just want to see what it's like. Like with the full control of a keyboard and mouse. Well, the best um, thing about the PC and mods. I was going to say the mods. best thing about the PC is the fact that you can put specifically traffic mods in, and you oh. can make it so that your lanes can only turn left or your lanes can only yep. go straight forward, and you know you can force the traffic to actually obey what you want to do rather than the current option, Whoa. which is have stop signs or have traffic lights. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see why they didn't put that stuff in because you'd reach the point where, like, there is so much micromanagement to do that it would turn most players off. Yeah. But there's not enough micromanagement for a sicko like me. <laughs> so... <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm sinking most of my time into at the moment. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm I'm trying to get the urge to go back to playing God of War, but I, I can't take myself away from City Skylines. It's real good. Have you ever played it, Andy? No, no. I think I've got it on PS Plus, so it's there. On yeah, that's how I've got it. Yeah, in the library. Yeah, just look at it. It's like eleven bits of DLC. There's four There's bits of free DLC, I think. Like, yeah. um, but uh, they 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 have like you know the the jokey radio station hosts with fake adverts and stuff. Like, uh, if it can be bread for <laughs> bread for pets, we can serve it to you for dinner. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got um, we've got the disaster one as well. We've got the tornadoes. Yeah. Well. Yeah, there's one that puts in the natural disaster stuff that yeah. used to have in um, SimCity, yeah. But um, yeah, I've, I never bought any of them. I'll see if honest, I can because find none of them like add the stuff that specifically that I want. Um, they just add in. A lot of them are just like add in ways that you can mess up your city, and I really don't want to mess up my city. I'm trying to make a perfect <laughs> yeah. utopia. Uh, I'll see if I can find um, that video later that where they compare the how to, how to fix their city and I said yeah yeah. To. Yeah, send me the link. I'll, I'll stick it in the show notes as well, so the people can watch it. But um, yeah, have you been playing anything else, or is it literally just hours of City Skylines? Well, you may have heard on on our show last week that uh, Colin referred to the flight stick as a um, a, a saddle and sex toy, and uh, <laughs> as only Colin could. He he asked me to send him a picture, and I just sent a fo- I just actually taken a photo of the box when I unwrapped it. So I was like, yeah, I can do that. And he said, it looks like a dildo and a saddle. And I was like, I, I can kind of understand how you can see the throttle as a saddle from the side. It's got that, you know, slope on it. But <laughs> It's the Thrustmaster Hotas, right? I have the Thrustmaster T4, yeah. Yeah, four, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, and, does, it does kind of look like a saddle, but that's just because it's shaped for your hand. Yeah. So I have um, stuck the VR on with the with the throttle and joystick and hmm. I thought it would take me quite a while to get used to it it maybe took 20 minutes to yeah. learn relearn where the button layout is yep and cuz some of the buttons don't make sense where they've put them and so I oh no to, the default the, the default setup is is awful and like um things like uh your it was on tilting the stick left and right and your roll was on twisting the stick which just seems nuts to me like pitch and roll is always on tilting the stick and your yaw is on the twist like why did they like I don't understand what the, the default can setup for that stick in that game is awful I had to remap so much I I didn't realize there was a, a a secondary fire button that's kind of on the side of the the trigger, so yeah. I'm just flying along and yeah, I'm just releasing all my countermeasures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little switch and the, the worst a, a button one was to the, the right of the trigger. Yeah, the worst one was the position of the boost on the on the throttle because it's like where where your knuckle is on your thumb. Yeah. <laughs> No, I I need to boost more often. I've now mapped that to one of the little rudders at the front. They didn't do a great job with it, to be honest. Like the the reason I picked (coughs) mine up originally was to play Elite Dangerous because I started playing off on a pad, and that game's great on a pad. um, But playing it with a throttle stick is just so much better. I'm so much more control over it. Um, And I do have a slight idea in the back of my head of maybe I'll install it in the future, but I'm trying... You should. You should <laughs> I, try I don't want to lose any more time to that game. 
it kind of it really just tr- transforms how that how that game plays it just you've just got so much more analog control over if especially if you're doing something fiddly like mining yeah. um and like the moment i started using that i completely turned off like automatic landings and takeoffs and i when i was going in manually every single time um well the, and... the, the game that i've really got for it other than star wars squadrons is ace combat 7 yeah and the, like I've, I've seen some reviews of people saying there's only three vr missions in it but after doing the VR missions with a thro- um, with a hot ass, I don't want to play the rest of the game. I just want to do <laughs> the VR. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to have to play through mm. the game before I spoil myself. Yeah. That game's all right. I never finished it. I've, I played a bunch of it on Xbox. It was on Game Pass. But um, yeah, that game's pretty good. Uh, I, I wish I had a stick that was compatible with Xbox so I could play it on that rather than a, than a pad. But... Um, uh yeah, that game that game's pretty good. But yeah, give give Elite a try with the Hotas. Um, it's there's a the the um, there's more buttons on it than there is on a DualShock. Right. So you have more control over some of like the you know switching between your heads up uh, displays yeah, and stuff like that and the cargo um, scoop and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like the little rocker um on the the side of the throttle where your fingers go is using for like shifting the ship left and right. So, you know, when uh, have you done manual landing with a pad? Yeah. yeah. And you kind of have to keep switching between two control methods. Yeah. Like two control things because you have to be able to move the ship left and right, like uh, laterally. Um, that's just baked into the, into, the, into the HOTAS. So it just makes movement a lot smoother and a lot more analog. Um, yeah, it's real good. Well, there, there's... really good flight stick as well it feels a bit plasticky but i've had mine for a few years and i've had no problems with it so it's it seems pretty solid yeah it certainly doesn't feel as weighty as my old um sidewinder force feedback one back in the day no. but that's you know 20 years old now the yeah. the other game that i've played that i also have sunk far too many hours in is divinity original sin 2 Okay, the, right. I've got I've, a, I've got a squad. There's there's two of my friends from my board game group um, because yeah. obviously we're not meeting up for board games. They both went, let's get this, let's play through, and we're we're at the point where at around eleven o'clock we're saying, okay, we're going to have to decide soon not to go into any more areas because we'll end up in a fight and we'll end up going to bed at three o'clock in the morning. Again. <laughs> mm. This Tur- fights take a while. It, it turns um, out in. Um, I think we've only been playing it about three to four weeks, and we've got sixty-five hours in it mm. because wow. of the amount of times we've been going for like five to seven-hour sessions. Yeah, and my friend she she sent me a message yesterday. She was like, "Are you sure you can't spare any time during the week?" And I just went, "Look, I I can't because it's destroying me. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling tired all the time, and and I don't want it to get burned out. I want to be able to. Yeah. It's only fair I turn up to the game session." wanting to play rather than almost resenting the fact that oh here we go again yeah yeah but um i did uh i did have a, a liaison with um well basically it was a sex lizard um uh, there, there's a pub <laughs> in one of the in one of the um one of the towns and there's a guy if you negotiate the conversation right he sort of says oh you look like you might want uh some company for the evening and you pay him a lot of money, and he says, "Okay, here's the key to the third floor, and up you go." And there's a... so I got my friends to come up with me, and the dialogue said, "Okay, lover boy, um, you're going to have to ask your friends to leave." 
<laughs> and nothing happened until they left. And then uh, after they left, yes, uh, the 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 uh, description basically said we got naked, <laughs> and and then she had a bunch of guards there ready to kill me the next day because <laughs> I'd been set up. Oh. And my friends luckily managed to teleport into the game, into the room, and we killed them all, and then robbed them blind. But <laughs> we, we, we're, we're getting lots of level up in that game because we're just absolutely murdering everything. Mm. Like we didn't leave the first area like, until we'd pretty much killed anyone that wasn't an ally, and even a bunch that were allies that you can't necessarily start a fight with. There's things you can do. You can fire an area of area <laughs> effect spell. They'll agree to you eventually. That's something uh, I wouldn't mind playing at some point. Uh, me and my other half started playing um, uh, towards the beginning of lockdown last year. We started playing the first one because yeah. um, I picked it up when it was like ridiculously cheap, like three or four pounds or something like that on PS Plus, and then never touched it. I picked up that and um, Pillars of Eternity. Yeah. Um, Pillars of Eternity is very different. It's it's very much like an old school uh, Baldur's Gate style, yeah. like um, uh, combat sort of active time. But you can just pause at any point, and uh, rather than it being like turn based, like in um, Divinity, and I much prefer the turn based um, uh, combat personally. Um, but yeah, we played a, a chunk of that, and it's um, it, it's real hard. Like you go into a town at the beginning, um, and all of the like the main mission takes into the areas outside of the town, and all of the enemies there are like so many levels above you that you literally have to ex- exhaust all of the content, all of the side missions, and everything in this little town before you can actually <laughs> step foot outside the town and start carrying on with the um, with the with the main story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really good. It's uh, I really like that turn-based um, system. I know that um, what's the name of the studio? Is it I want to say Clarion or something L- like that? Larian or something like that. L- L- Larian, Larian, that's it. Um, uh, they uh, are currently making Baldur's Gate three, yeah, um, which is in very 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 early access at the moment, um, and that's using a the turn-based combat system like the the Divinity games. But I don't know, I haven't looked into it, to be honest, whether or not that game supports multiplayer, but I kind of hope it does. I believe it will, yeah. Because that's, that's good, because um, because that uses uh, uh, D&D 5th uh, edition rules. Yes. Yeah. Um, whereas the Divinity games don't. Um, yeah, no, they, they, uh, they try and make it similar, but it's, it's blatantly yes. not the same. No. No, uh, I, I want to play Divinity Original Sin 2 at some point because um, I hear it just improves uh, in all ways on the original and the fact that you can actually play as like non-human characters, which is nice. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm playing as a dwarf. We've got an elf, um, we've got a, a lizard, and we've got a human. But you can, you can even be an undead. There's a skeleton. But one of the hilarious mechanics is, like, like you're having Final Fantasy... The undead ones take damage if you heal them. So if you find yourself in a bunch of, you know, fight with a bunch of skeletons, you all just go, let's just heal them to death. And the they actually heal properly from drinking poison. Hmm. So you, you, if you don't have one in your group, you start going, why am I learning all these crafting potions for poison? 
because you it's not like you can throw it it's not a poison flask but it's because you, you then have to realize well yeah we could have had an undead person in our party and even then you you can customize it in character creation so it defaults to just being i don't know like human undead but you can have lizard undead dwarf undead and you can have a completely custom class and make it nice sort of semi what you want hmm. cool. yeah i've been looking forward to, to playing that game at some point although Oh, who knows? I might just wait until Baldur's Gate's out and then jump on that. But I think, from what I've heard, that's going to be like a two or three years before that game's finished. Well, yeah. The version that's available in early access at the moment is rough, from what I've seen. Uh, but yeah. Um, been playing anything else? Uh, th- that's 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 taken pretty much all my time. Okay. <laughs> um, Andy. <laughs> What have you uh, been playing then? Yeah, well, for 2021, I decided to think about I might do things a bit differently and play, playing games. Because I, I worked out that I'd, on the go, I think I've got about 14 games. <laughs> so I've decided just to, right, either complete these 14 games or abandon ones I don't really like, I'm not into. So that's what I'm currently doing at the moment, going through these. 14 games, either I've started, played for half an hour to an hour, or I've even seen them to a finish or not. Um, so, I've completed a couple. Um, I'll talk about Gears of War Judgment. Um, played it on Game Pass. It is from the 360 era. It was the fourth Gears of War game, but it wasn't by Epic, was it? It was no, um, I can't remember the studio. Yeah, right. it was Gears of War Judgment. Yeah, Judgment. That was it's called. Yeah, but it's I think it might be the ones. <sighs> but then now they're the studio that make the made four and five, right? Because Epic don't <sighs> make might those be games the ones, anymore. Yeah, there might be the ones. Or a fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think through. Epic just made the original trilogy, and then everything since then has been whoever the new studio <laughs> was. Yeah, but I thought this was somebody else. I, I can't remember. Who knows? Who knows? Well, it's not by Epic, but it's where um, it's sort of like a prequel to the main Gears of War, to Gears of War Three. Um, yeah. Like type of thing. And they played it through Judgment co-op. Judgment is People Can Fly and Epic Games Poland. Right. right. People Can Fly did... Um, what was that first-person shooter where you, like, on a, a weird island, a weird, like, pleasure planet thing, and you had, like, a tether? Oh. Bull- Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm. That oh, was good. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was good. Uh, I enjoyed that. So I played that on PS3. Um, go Gears of War Judgment. Forget about the plot. Something's going on. It's all done in flashback. Um, it's very, very regimented. In it's as you enter a battle zone, you can take um, a, you can click on a skull that will make the battle upcoming battle a bit harder because it gives you a set of challenges by how you. Do this like battle. the um, skull modifiers you could apply in Halo. Uh, I'm not sure. 
Okay. I'm not sure. It but, sounds like that. Well, yeah, basically, you might say you only can use these certain weapons, shotgun, or you can, you're limited to, um, limited you with the ammo, limited how you kill people, kill the aliens. There's little thick challenges, because if you complete them, you get more stars. Stars just unlock the DLC, well, the DLC, the Aftermath DLC, but um, that's about it, really, in terms of what it is. Um, in terms of the game, it's very mediocre. It's probably the... Now, I've played five Gears of War games, so I've played one to four and this, and it's probably the worst one in terms of it's just bland. I did play it co-op, um, so that gave some form of enjoyment, but it's... <sighs> I was trying to think what it would be like, you know, like a movie, but it's almost like a bad Steven Seagal movie. Um, <laughs> in terms of that, very bland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Under Siege was all right. Um, no, I, I like some of them, but there's some really, you know, like his later ones where he could hardly move. Oh, no, his current ones are are truly, truly awful. Yeah. In, in a incredibly special kind of way. <laughs> like... He's always like some ex special forces guy who, for some reason, is still the best special forces guy. Yeah. And so they'll they'll call him into action, and he'll spend ninety percent of the film sitting in a chair because yeah. he's like seventy years old and overweight. Um, yeah. The man's amazing. Yeah, but it, it is a and, bad. And now good buddies with Putin. Oh yeah, he's been good buddies with Putin for ages. Him and um, Gerard Depardieu, big buddies with. Uh, well, Depardieu is a big, big buddy of anyone. I know. <laughs> both big buddies. He's very big, yeah. is the point I'm making. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is just bland. It yeah. is just going through, go through this area, beat these enemies, move on. Um, Bad Gears of War. It's a bad Gears of War game. I remember one, yeah, two, three. Yeah, just skip it. Skip it. Play, um, play four. I played four. Four's like that. All right, it's it's all right. I haven't played the campaign in five. To be honest, I when I when five came out on Game Pass, I downloaded it and I played Horde mode, and that was it. Yeah, well, five's meant to be good. Five's meant to be a return yeah. to form for it. I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I just could not be yeah. bothered. I just wanted to play Horde mode. No, not playing. Not... Sorry, sorry. I played no, through with my gonna... brother, but. Uh, I was just going to say, you may or may not um, be aware that people can fly and making the game Outriders, which looks like it's you know copy and destiny that's supposed to be coming out in April. I think it's going to have a demo next month. Because copying what? destiny has gone so well for Ubisoft <laughs> and Bioware and everyone else who's tried to make a live service game over the last few years it's and and uh, sorry crystal dynamics as well because man the avengers what a game uh, th- this is going to be an action rpg shooter yeah a li- is it also going to be a live service with a shared world uh, <laughs> is it is it an xbox clu- exclusive no it's it's going no? to it's even going to be on stadia oh, oh. oh great <laughs> god <laughs> okay Every now and then, I'm I've, I've, like I'll, I'll go through a while of being like completely forgetting that Stadia even exists, and then I'll 
pop then an advert will pop up at the beginning of a YouTube video and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's still that's a thing. thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the people that have got it do say that some games have actually got the, the best version on Stadia, but yeah, very yeah. few and far between. It's going to be one of those things like Google Plus and Google Glass that was just one of those projects that failed and they'll just let it die and then sweep it under the rug. Yeah, two years time. It, yeah. it won't last. Especially if Amazon do bring out the the version that they're apparently working on. Um, between that and uh, Project xCloud or whatever they're officially calling it, the Microsoft one, like they're, they're going to bury whatever is left of Stadia. Anyway, that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else have you been playing, Andy? Um, so, yeah, Kids of War Judgment, bland, don't recommend it. Um, the other one I played was the Bard's Tale trilogy remastered. Now, this was as a mm-hmm. Kickstarter. I started the first one last year. I completed the first one this month. Um, it's very much... It's from 1984, this game. Um so there's two modes, I think I've described it before in the previous podcast. You've got the Legacy one, and you have got the, basically playing it old school. Very old school style. There's a lot of grinding involved. The first game doesn't have much of a story, just defeat the wizard. And basically do a lot of grinding, explore many areas. I mean, if I had to play this in 1984, alright, I might have been used to all the mechanics of it, but... <sighs> It's tough, you know. Like you, I've been hand drawing the maps and everything, um, just to discover where I was. Um, well, at the moment, I'm doing a lot of saves. Um, there's a lot of ease of life uh, modifications to the new versions, the remastered versions, but basically it's the same game. Um, so I completed that, and one of the interesting things I thought I found out, and I think this was. Um, part of the original as well back in 84 because I've started Baldur's Gate uh, Bard's Tale 2 Volume 2 um, you can transfer your whole party over and it gives you three options it gives you full transfer so I think most of my characters are level 21 level 22 so you start you can transfer over them with all their weapons you can do a middle setting where it's like the it'll set the stats at what it should be at towards the start of the game, or you start from basically a whole new set of characters. So I thought, oh, you know, so I'll just transfer my whole characters fully across. And I am overpowered, all right. So I'm doing the first town, um, and I am just kicking ass everywhere basically. But eventually, mm. from what I understand, the game will catch up with me as I go exploring. Whereas the first game was just set in one city and in different areas, this has got six, 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 six different cities and multiple different areas. Um, so it's a lot bigger but Volume 2. Volume 2 itself was from 1986, I think it was. Um mm. But this is, I just thought, this is quite a good system in that you either do all the grinding again in Volume 2, or you are overpowered, but eventually the game does catch up with you. 
and so eventually some grinding would will have to be done. But I'd already done like first volume, thirty six hours. So to get to defeat the end end of game boss in the first one, I must have spent about six hours of grinding anyway. I just thought, you know, I can't be bothered. So you don't it. want to do that again. I don't yeah. want to do it again. But this just gives an interesting option, which I think maybe more games or more series could think about instead of grinding level after level after level at the start of a game. You start overpowered, but mm-hmm. you eventually the game does catch up. Yeah. Because at the moment, I'm just defeating small enemies, not getting much XP, not much gold. So the game will eventually just will catch up to me. So yeah, I'm just doing that as a one of my main role playing games of this year. So I'll complete that um, whole trilogy. We'll probably do four. But I just thought it was just an interesting mechanism. I haven't mm. really come across that before. You know, for example, Dragon Age. Maybe transfer characters from Inquisitor Inquisition onto the new one. Um, yeah, but all you're really to... doing there is you're you're, tra- you're transferring over like the choices you made, the backstory, yeah. and the way your character looks. Yeah. Uh, same with like yeah. um, Mass Effect. Um, you're just sort of transferring over a few bits and pieces. You don't transfer over like stats. No, but I think that option maybe could be available. So I think the only type of thing that I can remember would have been, and it's not a transfer as such, but it was the Batman games where the Arkham City, you, Arkham Asylum, basically you were basic Batman and you unlocked loads of skills. But Arkham City started off with a number of those skills already unlocked and you just unlocked certain advanced skills. From what I understand, um, Miles Morales does that. Like yeah. you, trans, you start off uh, in Miles Morales with all of like the web swinging abilities and and whatnot that you do at the end of the base Spider Man game, but then they just sort of add some more right. stuff on top of that. Um, I I would hate it if you jumped into that game after having played like End Game. Spider-Man, and then you're like, oh, I can't do anything now. I have to grind <laughs> to unlock all this stuff again. That would kind of suck. Uh, but yeah. that's because like it hasn't really changed the the gameplay so, too much. No, you know. No, maybe just... so. Maybe it makes sense in games where it's not really like evolving the gameplay that much. Yeah. Um, whereas like something like a Mass Effect, Mass Effect Two is so much different, so much more different from Mass Effect One. I mean, it went yeah. from being an RPG to a third-person cover shooter. True. Just thinking maybe had they thought about it, that transfer yeah. of of characters, you know, Shepard, instead of grinding him up again, he would have started at a certain level, certain skills. But you don't really grind in that game anyway, so... But um, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because I'm not a big fan of grinding, so this was just like, yeah, transfer everything across. I'm overpowered. Mm. So I'll just be able to race through the first few dungeons, first few cities, and eventually I'll probably have to grind it, grind out at some point. So, yeah, yeah but, but Bard's, get Bard's Tale Volume 1 Remastered. Um, I've also started off um, Shadow of a Tomb Raider. So, yes. 
This is the third game in the new series as such, or new series of series that's probably eight years old now, isn't it? Is it mm-hmm. 2013? Started it on was last on... gen, definitely. Yeah, well, PS3 and Xbox 360. <laughs> last, last gen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've just done the first um, area. Um, I'm streaming it at the moment. It's more to Raider. It's quite good. Um, the only problem I had with it was... I think Lara as a character is a bit self-entitled. I think we've sort of um, changed her a bit to become a bit just egotistical and other things about her. And so, but I've only played through about an hour, two hours of it. So, but I've enjoyed it. I'll continue with that. Um, what else? Titan Quest. I'm continuing with uh, my brother. Still battling through the first. Uh, you've got Diablo game and what else? Over oh, Hobbit on the PS2 with my daughter. Today we're going through the Mirkwood level, um, trying to beat giant spiders. So she was quite excited about that today. Mm. That's a f- it's, it doesn't follow Tolkien's law, but you know, she's enjoyed it playing through with yeah. me. So that's fun. That's about it. Okay. Um, well, I'll rattle through what I've been playing uh, because uh, Nick and Jazzy aren't here. I'll I'll leave the motorsport video game chatter to a side for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Although we have been playing a fair amount over the last uh, couple of weeks, but um, I don't think either of you want to listen to anything about that. Um, I do read about so been, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been dabbling in a few little uh, bits and pieces, playing a little bit more uh, Wargroove uh, um, from time to time, really enjoying that. Um, my A bunch of uh, mates from uh, uni who I hadn't, um, hadn't been keeping in contact with as much as I should have over the last few years, um, started chatting to them a bunch more and, and uh, joining in like uh, every week or so with their sort of... Um, Modern Warfare and COD Warzone sessions. Um, thankfully, none of them have made the jump to playing uh, Cold War uh, because I have no intention of getting that game. But Modern Warfare is probably the best in terms of multiplayer that that series has been in, I don't know, 10 years. Honestly, um, it's it's really, really good. Uh, and... Th- it still has an incredibly healthy player base, so that's not particularly unusual. I think every COD still. I mean, like Justin, do you remember when we we went back and played some um, World War Two a while back? Yeah, yeah, getting yeah. Weird. And it's Be- before still you had. before you turned it into a wreck first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we jumped back into that, and there was still very healthy player base on that as well. Unfortunately, the people who are still playing it are the ones who are really good at it, so we kind of got stomped a lot. Um, but yeah, Modern Warfare is is a really really good multiplayer shooter, and Warzone, which is like the free to play aspect of it, the sort of battle royale, is it's not my favorite battle royale game. That's still probably, um, well, in terms of first person shooter battle royale games, my favorite still Apex Legends. Uh, I still think Fall Guys is my favorite battle royale game overall. But uh, Warzone does some some interesting things. It's got some more varied modes than a lot of those games do. Um, so I'm enjoying playing a, uh, a bunch of that. Um, I actually need to bring up a spreadsheet because I'm trying to keep a tab this year 
on every game I play, so that when I when it comes it to the end true. of the year, I can actually remember. Um, so, oh yeah, that was it. Off the back of um, Chazzy streaming um, Yakuza Like a Dragon, I've decided that I am going to stop dicking about and go and actually play through Yakuza 0 because I've started it like three times. What well, This is the third time I started it and I've gotten so far and then just got distracted by other things. So I'm making a concerted effort to actually play it this time. And I played through all of Chapter 1 in one sitting the other night. Um, and yeah, that game is... Is it good? That series is so good at like being an incredibly serious you know, Yakuza crime story, but also having so much fun with it. But the, I think the funniest thing about it is the fact that um, Kazuma Kiryu is so serious, even in the most ridiculous of situations that you get in, in some of those side quests in that series. Like the series has, uh, always has like a little sly smile on its face, um, as well as being like a genuinely good sort of open world crime action adventure game um so yeah i'm really enjoying that i'll, I'll talk about that more once i've actually finished it because i'm going to do it this time um is it worth picking up because it's only four pounds <clears> per <throat> store yes i'd say yes for that oh, for that price you, you yeah. can't really go wrong after that cost a cup of coffee you know yeah well, i'll um, pick it up then uh last night a time of recording i streamed um uh playthrough of the first uh case in Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishments. Um I'd never played any of those games before. I'd heard nothing but good things about that series from uh, a lot of people um over the years. They said like they're sort of a little bit rough around the edges, not that the games don't have the biggest budgets, but they're genuinely really good. Um, really good games but I didn't know really what I was getting in for um, I was expecting it to be a little bit like L.A. Noir, but without the open world aspect but it's so much more than that it's it's basically like an adventure game but you're you know investigating a, a crime trying to solve it um, and it the the the, the, the levels and of um, complexity in the systems are so much more than something like L.A. Noir, or even something like Phoenix Wright. Um, have either of you played any of those games before? No, um, I Sherlock Holmes fancying ones. Fancying plays no. Crown and Punishment, but I mean, it's on the. I think, I think it's part of PS Plus, I think. But, uh, uh, no, if it was, then I missed it. But I picked it up in the sale for like yeah. a fiver or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And considering it's a game that originally came out on PS3 and Xbox 360, it looks surprisingly good as well. Uh, it's well voice acted. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I really enjoyed that, that that first case. And it took me about two hours to do the first one, which is probably quite slow because uh, a friend of the show, Dave, uh, who has played that, um, that one... Um, was saying, oh, this is just the introductory mission and it's just the training level. I was like, I'm already an hour and a half into this and I haven't solved it yet. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, I'm really enjoying that. I'm looking forward to playing through the next case. I'll be streaming that again on Monday, which I'll get this episode out on Monday. So tune in tonight and watch me play through the next case in that mm -hmm. and end up probably 
deducing things wrong and making false accusations. But yeah, um, the only other game I've really been chipping a lot of time into is desperately trying to reach the end of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, still really, really enjoying that game. Um, I'm assuming it doesn't have the gatekeeping that um, Odyssey had, or was it Origins? One of them. It does, but it gets around it. So I uh, talked a little bit about this on the last episode. The fact that the mission the, the mission structure is based around you go to England, you set up this little settlement, and then you're trying to establish connections with the other regions in England, try and build friendships, build alliances. And so okay. the way that works is you go to a different region. You go to Leicestershire, you go to Oxfordshire, Shropshire, wherever, um, and build these... Uh, allegiances so you each one of those is like a mini campaign and each of those like um shires or each each of the the yeah each of those shires is is uh a recommended power level and so it is kind of like gated you can't just go all over the map immediately well you can but you'll get killed by enemies but it means that it sort of like pushes you in a direction uh, like a natural pathway through the map um, and through the storyline, rather than it being like, you can't go to this area yet. Um, it's kind of not really funnels you, but like directs you towards particular areas. Sometimes you'll come across a, like you'll have a choice of like three or four um, districts or areas to go and explore or, or do the storyline for that you're at an adequate power level for, and you can do them in any in any order. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel as restrictive as Origins and Odyssey did in that way. Um, yeah, I talked a lot about that last week, so I won't go into it too much. I will say that game, in my opinion so far, I haven't reached the end. And I've heard, thankfully without having it spoiled, the ending is batshit insane. Um, but then the ending of Odyssey was as well, so um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm ready for that. What I will say, though, is that game is a solid eight possibly nine out of ten game until you have to climb anything and then okay so back in assassin's creed 4 you had you had this little side quest thing where you would chase bits of paper across rooftops everybody hated it no one wanted to do it but it was the only way that you could get unlock new shanties for your for your crew so everybody did all of them because the sea shanties were amazing um that, that game made sea shanties cool before TikTok did. Um, so you did it through gritted teeth, but it was awful. But it was kind of like expected because the, the free running and everything in that game was bad anyway. Um, and then they took that stuff away because people hated it. So you didn't have to chase stuff across rooftops in Unity and um, whatever the one in, say, in London was. Or- and it's not in Origins and it's not in Odyssey. For some reason, they brought it back for Valhalla. So a lot of like the more unique like tattoos and and things like that uh, for your character, that's one not for your character, are tied to chasing bits of paper across rooftops. And that game has always struggled with a... a, a, a I had a problem with a thing I like to call stupid feet, in that you'll run up to an object um, and... You, if you want to climb up it, you can guarantee your character will run past it. And if you want to run past it, you can guarantee your character will run up it. Uh, and when you're trying to chase a piece of paper across a rooftop, I've that game doing those like has 
brought me nearly to the point of screaming. It's made me so, it's been so frustrating. And I don't need to do it at all. But I'm a madman and I want to unlock all these stupid face tattoos for, for, for Eivor. So I'm chasing these bits of paper across rooftops and my blood pressure is is skyrocketing. And I don't know, whoever put that aspect, whoever put that little gameplay loop in the game needs, well, they need to be banished from video game world. They need to be, they should not be allowed a near uh, developing video games ever again. That is a Crime punishable by death. Yeah, but it's for people like you, you know, who want to do it. I remember the shanties. Sickos like me. <laughs> shanties. I don't far. need I to do it. If I hadn't been chasing these pieces of paper across the rooftop, I probably could have finished the game by now. But no, I'm nearly 90 hours deep chasing paper across a rooftop because I want to unlock a dumb face <laughs> tattoo for the main character. Oh, you probably played two and went and collected all the feathers. And then when you got yeah. to the end, you were like, oh, well, that was a bit of a waste of time because the reward is useless. I did that the first time through, and then when I played it, uh, like the remastered version, I did not do that at all, <laughs> because bollocks to that. But yeah, um, aside from that, it's a it's a brilliant game. Um, it's just a natural progression of everything that they got right over the last two games. Um, great the main character, great cast of supporting characters, really like the setting, really like the, the way that the game is structured. Um, love everything about it, Apart from that, now thankfully, you, most of the game you spend on the floor. Like you don't need to climb a lot of stuff uh, uh, in a hurry. Um, oh, they have big buildings in the Viking era, did they? Well, no, you still have to climb towers. It's a yeah. Ubisoft game. You still got to climb towers oh. uh, just to you know unlock the the you know show yeah. things on the map. But um, I, I, like I talked about in the, the last episode the it doesn't just clutter your map with loads and loads of icons it just kind of shows like these little glinting um sort of like a little dot glinting a particular color and it'll be either some treasure or an artifact or a side quest that you can do uh, but then you have to actually go out and discover exactly where they are in that area it places a little more emphasis on you going out and exploring rather than it just saying here's all the side content and just covering your map with with um with clutter um yeah that game um is really really good i I think i'm i'm still probably about 10 hours from finishing it wow uh, it's long it's really long but it doesn't feel bloated there hasn't been a lot of fat um a lot of filler it's all been really good content I'm so far paper. Even apart from chasing paper, even the yeah. uh, the drinking sessions, the drinking. Uh, I mean, that's just a. I've I've done a few of those when it's been mandatory. Um, I'm not bothered about doing all of those, so I've ignored all of those. The flighting side quest stuff, I do quite like. The sort of like poetry, like slam battles, um, because winning those increases Avor's charisma and that unlocks new dialogue options sometimes which can get you through difficult situations without having to bury your axe in people's skulls mm. which is uh, sometimes a nice break um yeah the flighting stuff's really good but the rest of the side stuff uh, the the drinking quests uh, the drinking challenges and stuff like that i just kind of ignore uh, unless it may unless i need to do it for whatever reason you've changed like sometimes <laughs> you've changed <laughs> Well, uh, I'm, I'm, it's not a game that I'm... I mean, I may end up 100%ing it. Maybe. 
Um, but I'm, I just, at the moment, I just want to finish the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that game's, that game's genuinely really good. I was very surprised with it. I, I mean, I had fairly high expectations after, um, Origins and Odyssey, two games that I really, really liked. Uh, and it's made meaningful improvements over both of those. Um, and it'd be interesting to see where they go this year if they're still following the sort of like um, two on one off uh, pattern that they're taking. Release two games, take a year off, release two games, so on. Right. Yeah. yeah, if it's uh, if it's ever available, nice and cheap in a sale. Um, I bought it as an impulse buy on Christmas morning when I got my positive COVID test back results back and found out that I was going to be locked in the house for two weeks and I was in a bad mood. I was like, I'm just going to buy something to cheer myself up and I just <laughs> bought it. Um, and I don't feel bad about paying full price for it, but yeah, definitely pick it up when it's on a sale. If you, if you're a fan of those games. Um, yeah, it's good. It's did good, but that's about it. That's all I've been playing. Um, this has gone on for longer than I expected and uh, we're all feeling various levels of rough and we're tired, so we'll wrap it up quickly. Um, so yeah, tune in tonight because uh, we'll get this out on Monday and watch me on uh, Twitch solving the next case, hopefully, in Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishments. And then on Tuesday, presumably, I believe, uh, uh, Chazzy will be playing more American Truck Simulator. Um, so it's quite a chill stream to tune into. Uh, Wednesday, Adam may still be playing Cannon Fodder unless he's finished it by yeah, then. I, I don't know. Yeah, but keep an eye on Twitter and you'll find out. Thursday, uh, more Shadow of the Team Raider. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then on <laughs> Saturday, uh, <laughs> on Saturday, Chaz will be playing more um, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Justin, yes. where can people find you if they don't already know? Well, they can check out Last Save Loaded, the podcast that has myself and Mr. Colin Sheridan on. Uh, we have the Twitter of at Last Save Loaded rather imaginatively. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and if you want to see the things I occasionally tweet and then poke fun when I actually do make typos because that's the dumb thing you have to highlight any time I say anything wrong because I wouldn't normally be the first person to pick anyone else up then you can yep. you can criticise me on Twitter with <laughs> at on your six yeah if you want to come at the king of pedantry with some pedantry <laughs> then at on your six on Twitter is where you want to go um <laughs> so uh, uh I, I, yeah what I, I got um I I saw a, a tweet earlier and it said um it meant to say about the fact that scammers uh, or um you know they they've managed to hack Argos and buy all the stock before it went live because yep. Argos had a loophole in their online system where you could effectively if you knew how to get to it you could get to the checkout before the stock was showing and somebody had linked right. up to it, and it said Argo, and yeah. and I went, "Who's that? What? What's Argo?" And of course, Mark, <laughs> Mark was spot on with, "What's that film with?" <laughs> that uh... a 2012 film director by Ben Affleck. Yeah, <laughs> very good film actually. Isn't it the ship from Jason? Ancient Greece. No, that was the, the Argos. Argo. It was the Argos, wasn't it? Um, no, no, the, the the ship was the Argo because it was the Argonauts. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Yep, yep, yep. 
You're right. Sorry. Argos is something to do with Greek <laughs> mythology, though, I'm sure. I'm sure that's why they got their name from. I don't know. But they, they've, I'm not going to look it up now. But, but they've acknowledged that they knew that um, loophole was there and they've now mm-hmm. done something about it. But at the end of the day, they're not going to do it's anything a bit about late. the fact that uh, all these fleeces have already bought the bought the stock because as far as they're concerned, they've got the money. Yeah, they don't care about it. None of the retailers care about that. Yeah. Um, well, that's why well, I'm, I'm not seriously looking. I'm, my other half's PS4 is, is struggling, so I wanted to get her a PS5 desperately mm. and could not find one for love and love nor money. But I've, I've, we've both kind of accepted, like... There is no chance of you being able to readily be able to get hold of one until probably the summer. Yeah, yeah. Easter, any time before that, I just think I'd be very fortunate. But for yeah. me, I I will be sticking in Argos because I've got some. Um, I've got like thirty pounds worth of nectar points to cash in. Ah, uh, what you want to do is get it from John Lewis, mate. Do I? Because you get because you get extra, an extra year's warranty. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Or if you're going to buy, pro, pro tip, if you're going to buy any piece of like white goods, then definitely go to John Lewis. If you're going to get any piece of like electronic entertainment, then either go to John Lewis or Richer Sounds because you get an extended warranty. And they're both really good yeah, employers. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing you can do, Sainsbury's number do with nectar points for double them up. Sometime. Yeah, it's going to be a while before you can walk into a Sainsbury's. You won't, you won't, be, able to, <laughs> you won't be able to get them in Sainsbury's anyway because they bought Argos and they've stopped selling all their hardware stuff like that because they just oh, go okay. buy from Argos. Yeah, Fair a few enough. years ago they um, they wanted to have the stock delivery system that Argos had, so rather than license the product, they just bought Argos, and that's why there's now Argos in a lot of Sainsbury's stores. Mm. Okay. Anyway, we've gone off on a tangent yeah. again. Yeah. So, Justin, so, so, so I criticise things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, thanks so much for for joining at, yeah, at fairly you. late notice as well. Right, no, um, no worries. Absolute pleasure to have you back in the, in the guest seat. Thank you, um, Andy. As always, thanks for joining. Thank you. Cheers. Um, and thank you for listening. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Um, go and check us out on Twitter at LapsGamer. Uh, head over to LapsGamer.com and Andy's top 10 of the year of 2020 is already up there. By the time this comes out, mine will be up there, maybe some others as well. But mine will <laughs> definitely be up there for sure. I'm going to make sure of that. Are you sure? Um, yes, I will. I'm going Because I'm going to get it written uh, like like finally punched <laughs> up in the last couple of days and get up. It's been real. I've been real busy at work. And yeah. when I come home, the last thing I want to do is sit in front of a keyboard again. Um, yeah, we'll get those up. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Ta-ra! Awesome. Bye!